Morton Cole, and this is Shelf Esteem, the podcast where I talk to interesting people about the books that they find interesting. I had a great chat this week with two local journalists, two CBC people, Stephanie Tobin and Angela Antle. And uh, you can look them up online if you want to know all the things they do. Uh, Stephanie Tobin works here with the local CBC. Angela Antle is the host of Atlantic Voice, plus they both do a ton of other cool stuff. But most importantly to me, they love to read just like I do. And of course, as always, I started out by asking what they've been reading lately uh, that had really left a big impact on them. Ravonna Daring lent me Sally Rooney's book, which is really hard to get. Uh-huh. It's like getting, a, I don't know, it's like getting a gift, you know? Okay, so what's it called again? It's called Conversations with Friends. Okay. It's a slightly banal title, but it is kind of a banal book in a way, but she's a, an incredible observer mm-hmm. and has a real quirky take on the human condition. It's uh-huh. a real pleasure to read, and I think I'm probably going to smoke right through it in like a day. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. I haven't even heard of that one. She's British. Yeah. Irish. Like Irish. Irish. She's yes. Irish. She's going to get in trouble. Uh, Important yeah. distinction. <laughs> yeah. and, and so are all the cool kids like uh, like Steph Tobin reading. So. Oh, okay. Uh, That's great. Yeah, because she's got another one coming out, and I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it's not released yet. And already the waitlist of the library is like a few people in, and I've oh, got really? my name on it for like a month and a half now. And I'm like, glad I got it in early. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. her style. It's very spare. Uh-huh. It's lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you reading it now, or is it like... Yeah, mm-hmm. it's on the side of my bed. Oh, cool. It's yeah. a novel. It's a novel, yeah. yeah. I had a conversation with Andrew Sampson about it, who, like, he works with us as well, and he's just, like, that's one of his favorite new writers. And, like, that's the only book I think she's got out is that one yeah. conversation well, with friends. I'd never even heard of her before. Yeah, this. she's, yeah. I think she's um late 20s Irish writer, yeah. like, okay. just... Young just genius. getting her books into Canada type uh-huh. thing. Like okay. it, so I think it was a couple yeah. of years ago that it was published in Ireland, but now uh-huh. a Canadian, like the, it's being distributed more okay. internationally now because it's got such wide acclaim. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but uh, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to either one now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> what have you been reading lately? Um, my book club recently read Educated by Tara Westover. Oh, I read yeah. that yeah, last so year. So I found it um, really, I won't, I won't use the phrase enlightening because... Mm-hmm. I felt like really, really bad for people who live in her kind of situation yeah. uh, where they don't have access to like the modern world essentially and mm-hmm. are raised in this sort of like cult mentality. But I found it so incredibly eye opening just in the way that she's about, she's a little bit older than me and she grew up in such a very different, yeah. very different so setting. Different. Like yeah. I couldn't get over it. Like in the things that, you know, the controversy around whether or not maybe it was a, uh, all as she described, but even in the book itself, she was talking about how, you know, I was a kid, like, I'm saying this, and, yeah. like, my brother says it was differently. I'm just giving you what I remember yeah. and what's influenced me, but I found it so, so bizarro, almost. Yeah. That's actually one of the things I loved about that book, was I so often wonder with memoirs, especially memoirs where there's, like, a lot of trauma and family mess and stuff, like how do the other family members feel about this book? Mm-hmm. Do other people have different versions of it? But she lays that all out yeah. within the book itself. Yeah. And she's like, this is how I remember it. Some people have told it to me differently. Mm-hmm. Somebody's not speaking to so me because of this. It. She yeah. acknowledges it. And she's very um, she's very open about yeah. the, the complexity of writing a memoir when different people remember things yeah. different ways. And yeah. it's a really unique thing, too, because her family, like, you can look them up. They're essential oh, yeah. oil company. You can Google map their massive house that she talks about in the book. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, it's real. Like, it's, a, it's stuff that's still happening yeah. now. Like, yeah. this is a family that's 
you know, quite, you could, yeah, they're, they're quite well known. Yeah, in their, particularly in their region, and and that you will find people online who are like, oh, there's you know, they're, they're the best kind of people. Everything she says in that memoir is trash because her family are so good. So you yeah. really, yeah, is she Canadian? She's American. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, from sort of a, a a very fundamentalist, almost doomsday cult kind of, and you know, like they didn't. Not only they they homeschooled the kids, but they didn't. Uh, they didn't believe in them having birth certificates or basically oh, okay. anything that would completely you know, off the grid. Yeah, be, yeah. be as off the grid as possible. And then you know she ended up getting a college education and eventually getting a PhD mm-hmm. and went to Oxford. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's a very interesting split between her siblings, where it's like her and two of her brothers went yes. on to post secondary, and they're the two brothers who were kind of like, yeah, sharing similar memories with her. But then the other brothers who were yes. like, and her sister especially, yeah. that was very difficult i can imagine for her um anyway it's very interesting very strange dynamic for like a modern yeah yeah person fourth person who's mentioned that book to me i'll bring it in lend it to you okay yeah Yeah, a lot of people were reading it last year and raving about it and uh, i picked it up and found it yeah really really engrossing i always feel like with memoirs i mean they're so interesting i feel a lot of people write memoirs too soon yeah. Like, I feel like this is interesting now. I would really like to say, see what you will have to say about all this 10 years later when yeah. you've had a little more distance for I suppose you could always write another memoir. <laughs> <laughs> Part two. Yeah. Edu- re-educated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it is, yeah. I, I thought the same thing when I was like, oh, she's pretty young. Like, for yeah, these young people yeah. writing memoirs, I'm like, I'm trying to imagine myself writing a memoir and I'd be like, I'm, what would I have to say? But, <laughs> you know, I guess in terms of lived experience, oh, she's, yeah, got, she's got a lot for she's sure. She's been through yeah. a few things. Yeah, yeah, sure has. Not that others haven't, but, you know, yeah. very distinct experience in life, I think. And you wouldn't want to wait too long because the memories would fade. I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess it depends too on how good you are at like I think of um, Cheryl Strayed's Wild which Mm -hmm. I love and that was written a long time after the event. She had like spent a lot of time. She had basically written a novel about the same events and done a lot more writing and then kind of said now I'm going to write the memoir about the stuff that happened to me. It was at least 10 years later. I think you know that 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 a memoir can benefit sometimes from that longer perspective but yeah you probably don't get the freshness the immediacy that you do of writing it right at the time that it's happening mm-hmm. unless you happen to keep really good journals yes which, yeah which a lot of people do yeah yeah i can't i would not <laughs> i can't i'm trying to remember myself from 10 years ago and i'm like oh god i can't imagine like if i'm like oh what an, what did i do in an average day i don't know i have no memory i have no idea how i felt you, and know? you don't keep journals no that's not really my that's not your thing no i'm I, my mom does. She loves it. And uh-huh. I'm like, I've tried. I just can't. Yeah. It's not. You not know. everybody does. Yeah. Thankfully, I think Tara Westover did, though. So. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah. 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 And she's done a good job of, uh, of, of recreating, you know, that quite harrowing experience mm-hmm. that she was through. What are some of the books that, you know, like I've asked you about what, what you're reading currently, but when you look back like over, I guess, a longer period, what are some of the books that have had the biggest impact on you or had the most long lasting, you'd say, impact or influence? Do you want to go first? Or uh, yeah, sure. So I, I was I thought about that question a lot because you sent it to us. And uh, <laughs> I read all the Anne of Green Gables books when I was a teenager. Uh-huh. Uh, and my father was a huge library uh, guy. Uh-huh. He worked in the paper mill in Grand Falls. Okay. And he was an electrician. So he wasn't, like, working all the time. He was working when he was called. Uh-huh. So he would go in to work with five novels oh, wow. a week. Uh-huh. Like huge historical novels. He uh-huh. always had them in his lunchbox. 
And so we were always at the library. So I, you know, I read all those Little House on the Prairie mm-hmm. and Green Gables. I think they affected me. I, I can't remember. Then there was a big gap, I think, where I didn't read a lot. And I got back into it, you know, at Mon. And I think Handmaid's Tale, like, I yeah. haven't even watched the TV series. I don't want, I, I feel so precious about mm-hmm. the experience of reading that book and, and how impactful it was, I think, and what an impact it had on my attitude about yeah. feminism, that that was a big one. And Gaff Topsels. Really? Yeah. yeah. Patrick Kavanaugh's book really uh-huh. blew open my mind about what kinds of stories could be told in Newfoundland. Mm, that's true. Yeah. That's an old book. Like, it that's is, yeah. the 80s, I guess. 80s, yeah, probably. Or I'd have to look 90s, up the, yeah. yeah, certainly. It's quite a long time ago yeah. now that that book was out. All written on the on the 24th of June, right? It's like all the yeah. events happen on that one day. I'm trying, it's so long since I've yeah. read that book now, I can barely remember it. I had to look it up just yeah. so I could talk about it. And uh, someone compared it to, like, said it was the Newfoundland Ulysses. Oh, interesting. And that it all happens in, in one day. In a single day, yeah. And, and just the scope mm-hmm. and breadth of the writing. So, yeah. But he's never written anything since. Really? I don't think. Wow. Unless I've completely missed it. Well, it's possible. I mean, you know, you get people like Harper Lee, who's like, this is my one book. Yeah. Enjoy it, world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're <laughs> Which welcome. I can't even yeah. imagine, but yeah. <laughs> Wow. Handmaid's Tale. So did you hear that, that, that she's writing a sequel? I did. What do you think about that? I can't wait. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, given the political yes, climate yeah. right now, it just seems like it's no, it's reality in some weird, wacky, dystopian yeah. way. So it'll be great to, and all those years later, to have mm, that, Yeah. for her to be able to look back over. Yeah. That book is having such a moment now mm-hmm. with, the, with the TV series. And I think... You're trying to isolate why it is and why, I mean, there's so much dystopia, but why that book specifically? And I feel like, you know, I think we, particularly around women's rights and human rights in general, I think for a long time it was possible to feel very sort of smug that, you know, things aren't perfect, but they're always getting better. They're always moving in a slightly better direction. And I think... Recent developments, particularly around the 2016 election in the U.S., have made people realize, oh, that's not inevitable. You know, forward progress mm-hmm. is not something you can necessarily... Count on. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's maybe. not guaranteed, I guess. Yeah. Like, nothing in life yeah. can be. Yeah, and maybe that's why that was just the right moment for that book out of every dystopian novel to get a, a, a TV series and attract so much attention. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the TV series is what is encouraging her to write the second part. I wonder if they're pushing for I wonder that, too, yeah. Mm. I do wonder that, yeah. I mean, Margaret Atwood doesn't seem to me like the kind of writer who's going to be super pressured by anything (laughs) that people want her to do. I don't think she's going to write anything if she doesn't feel like it's the thing she wants to write. But the, the renewal of interest around the book and around the TV series, I mean, that has to have spurred her at least to think well if I were to revisit these characters you know where would they be and what would they be doing yeah I wonder if she's uh, had one in mind for a while I wonder like I haven't read a lot about the sequel I know that there is one but I haven't I wonder if it's like something she's been just like waiting for the right time to like she might have it in a (laughs) (laughs) an oracle told her to wait (laughs) my answer is very different to that question because well, it's more, uh, I was thinking about this, um, and I, I'm going to have to go with the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, sorry. yeah. Oh, now you guys are going to have like, <laughs> yes, trying to geek out. Yeah, because I just feel like it's really, like, 
I feel like it explains an awful lot about my sense of humor and just mm-hmm. the way that I kind of like to imagine the world can yeah. be like a little bit too you know I don't want to be too precious about the way that things go in this world and I think like that's a really good ridiculous but also very like soft-hearted yeah. at times like series like it's a trilogy in five parts so it's yeah. five books but I've got it in one book so it counts as one for yeah. My answer. <laughs> yeah. um but I just think it's um you know, I think it's shaped, like, how I kind of interpret the things that happen in my real world and, like, connect uh-huh. to how I remember things. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of ridiculous. And I can see yeah. the ridiculous moments in life, which I think if I didn't, I might have gone mad by now. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. I feel like... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, yeah. you know, I love a good, ridiculous, comedic sort of sci-fi type thing. And that was just, like, I've read it a few times. I haven't read it in a few years. I'm probably going to have to reread it soon because... <laughs> It, it, just yeah. to just to give yourself a little bit of a oh yes things are ridiculous aren't yeah. they you know I haven't reread it in several years either but there my, my copies of of all the Hitchhiker's Guide books are very battered and beaten up and and were read a lot I can remember I read them in college which was a long time ago now for me um, and it was in in the stereotypical nerd girl way it was a guy I was dating who was like oh you should really read these and I did and loved them I can remember coming home I had read the first three. And I came home on Christmas break because I went to university away and uh, I had to get my wisdom teeth out. And my mom was like, do you want anything for like, you know what? And I was, yes, can you go out and buy me the next book of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy so I can read it while I'm recuperating from having my wisdom teeth out? Um, yeah, so that... That's uh, a that, pretty visceral... Uh, it's a very, yeah, it's yeah. a very visceral association with that particular book in the series. Yeah, that was a similar for me. Like, it was a boyfriend I had in high school and he was a bit older. Like, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh... He was like, you would, he's like, you'd find it funny. And I was like, oh, sure. And like years later, I saw it on a bookshelf and I was like, oh, I remember him mentioning this. And like, he had left my brain, but like yeah. the book had. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. And I picked it up and I was like, man, like, I, I'll never tell him, but like, good book recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like it was on point. I was like, this is very, like, very much up my alley. And it was, I was probably like 18 or 19 or something when I read it I just couldn't like it stuck with me since then just like uh-huh. the ridiculous sort of I don't remember everything about them but like every time I read it I remember th- I, re- I find something new that I'm like oh my god I find this funny now but I found this part really funny last time I read it and it's yeah. like it changes a little bit with you as you read it again yeah that know. whole absurdist humor is so it's just so great in, yeah. in those books now did you see the movie of, of, I did what did you think of the movie adaptation? I think people really hated it but I don't I mean it's it's not great mm-hmm. but like it's not as bad as people made it out to be I think no. they just I think they were just setting it like they were like it's never going to be as good I feel like of yeah. course it's not like of course that's, <laughs> yeah, that's not how that is. works I in books people's and expectations of yeah. it, as they often are with movie adaptations yeah and you know high. I think the casting was really good Martin like, Freeman as Arthur yeah, did too Perfect. The perfect casting because he has that sort of befuddled everyman. <laughs> I don't really know what's happening around me. Kind yeah, he of just kind of looks like a gopher that's just poked his head up, and it's just perfect. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he, it just. Yeah. You know, I I thought people were really hard on it, and I'm like, I don't think it was that bad. Like, no. but you know, also if you say that, people are like, oh, it is bad, and you can't be a real fan. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> just best not to get into conversations. No, with exactly. Like that. But I I do I did like it, and I, you know. It's not, obviously not going to compare to the books. Nothing. It's that's not yeah. how that works with movie and adaptations of I don't books think usually, it right? Does, like yeah. it doesn't usually live up to it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I think people are really hard on it. But it's like anything, I guess. Like, yeah. People who are super fans are going to be super hard. Yeah, on. that's right. The more people right. love something, the harder they're going to be on any yeah. adaptation of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually another reason to go back to the Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Why it surprises <laughs> me that there's been 
that people have loved the TV adaptation so much because, you know, that was a book that people were... But I think a lot of the people who have have, have come first to the TV series and maybe were people who hadn't originally read yeah, the novel. Yeah, I think so, too. Because, yeah. I mean, that is that novel was what, out in, what, 82, 84, something mm-hmm. like that? So there's obviously a in whole generation. Years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> when they were fighting... For, for abortion rights. Yes, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Elizabeth Moss, is it Elizabeth Moss, right, the actor? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think she brought a lot of people to it. Yes. Mad so Men, too. Her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mad Men. She comes from the Mad Men off into the Handmaid's Tale, which yeah. is like, da da da. Yeah, yeah. Look what yeah. I can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite dynamics yeah. or similar, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's there's a similarity there. I didn't too, watch I Mad Men, I just know. I didn't either. I just have vague cultural knowledge <laughs> yeah. of Mad Men. Same. Like my knowledge of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Yeah, it's a. I think it's I think it's too like the uh, the Handmaid's Tale TV series. Like I don't think like I think it's also one of those things. Like I haven't watched it, but I think maybe it gives people who don't necessarily read like they feel like oh my god this revelation. It's like it's been around for a while, but we're gl- <laughs> like you know welcome ha- to the party. All this yeah, stuff exactly. was in books all along. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a happy thing. Like not like a, yeah. well, not happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like yeah, yeah. You should have you should have some sort of knowledge of this probably. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But in whatever medium you take it, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about books that you recommend to other people? Like, are there books that you wish you could get other people to read, or that you're always recommending and pushing on people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always recommending books. To people. Uh, I'm recommending the Mars Room to everyone. Okay. Rachel Kushner's book. Okay, I'm not not aware of it. So there you go. What's it called? It's called the Mars Room. Okay, Mars and room. she. I read an article about her as an as an author. Never heard of her. I was mm-hmm. worried she was connected to Jared Kushner. I thought, yeah, I mean, yeah. I yeah. Read her if she's connected <laughs> to Jared Kushner. But no she's relation. Not. No relation. Rachel. No relation. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a great article in the New Yorker about her, and it made me want to buy everything she's written. Oh, really? Oh, so good. that was before I read it, and when mm-hmm. I read it, I, I just absolutely. Everyone is getting the book. <laughs> so, yeah. what's your pitch for why people should? Uh... It's just the most beautiful spare writing, but it has a kind of a titch of magic realism. Oh, nice! Just a titch. Yeah. Uh, and she really boxes herself in in the story. The woman in the story, the main character, Romy, I think is her name, is is has two life sentences. Oh, yeah. And she follows her into prison, and I thought, oh, this is going to be an Orange is the New Black kind of thing. I don't uh-huh. know if I can handle this. But it is just, there's so much beauty mm-hmm. in her daily life in prison, mm. and it takes a turn that you don't expect. And and books play a big role in sort of free freedom for her, for oh, Romy. It's just lovely. It's really sensual uh-huh. writing. And there's a real beautiful release at the end. Oh, nice. Maybe that I said too amazing. much by using the word release. <laughs> <laughs> that can be taken on a lot of other Yeah. Like, oh, metaphorical. <laughs> so I have it at home if you'd like to borrow it. Oh, maybe. <laughs> it's fantastic. And it's, she's up for the booker, so it's not just me. Oh, okay. Other yeah. people have recognized that she's a good writer, yeah. This, this is a recent? This is a book yeah. that's out? Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm, pushing, I'm pushing amazed. Especially if she's up for the booker, I'm surprised I haven't heard of it. Or I have, and I probably, because nobody gave me a personal recommendation like that, it might have slid past my, yeah. yeah. My she's awareness. American, so yeah. it's not really in our sphere. You know, I wouldn't have known about her if I hadn't read that article. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there's so many books, too. Like, how so did, how many did, books? There's so many of them. I'm like, I don't know. I don't have enough hands. I can't read them all. So, yeah, it is hard to kind of... Pick one yeah. to read if you don't know 
Yeah, it's kind of you know, yeah. You, yeah, it's hard, and you're like just coming to it cold. Like you can look on Goodreads, or you can read the back of yeah. it, but like, do you use Goodreads? Yeah, use I have started using it because I, I've read books where I was like, I think I've read this already, and I yes. haven't. And I'm like, I just need to keep track of it somewhere. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah, it keeps track that's of what you've read. And, and you can have, you know, your to-be-read list. Yes. So that later when you get, you know, oh, somebody gives okay. you a chapter's gift card or something, you're like, now, rather yeah. than just an impulse buy, what were the books I had listed yeah, as ones good. I really that's wanted? And, like, I'm terrible for remembering titles. Like, I can remember a book cover, mm-hmm. but it, I can't remember the title, and I very infrequently remember it. Like, I'm just, I can't remember <laughs> I it. I can picture it, but I can't see the title, right? But yeah. So I find when I see it, if I put it on the thing right away, then I'm like, what was that book called? Yes. I vaguely remember yeah, it, yeah. then I can go and be like, oh, this was it. This yeah. was the I'm one. I usually look through my notes and my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, that, what, that was me. What grocery list yeah. is this on? Exactly. That, <laughs> that's that was, why I keep the book. That was me before Goodreads. Literally, yeah. I had too many notes, and I was like, this is book list number two. Okay, like, I just, yeah, yeah, I just started yeah, a Goodreads yeah, account. Even before. if you don't use any of the other features of Goodreads, just the to-read list is, uh-huh, is yeah. just just pop books in there, and you can go to yeah. go to your list. This is not an ad for Goodreads. We are not sponsored by Goodreads. Goodreads would like to sponsor that podcast. This podcast would be awesome. Um, the sad thing is, I have 340 books on my Goodreads book list, and I read a lot. I to my to read list. Mm-hmm. I read a lot. I read pretty fast, so you'd think I would whittle through that list, and there would be less and less. Keep adding to it. Keep adding. To I have it. the same I keep issue. Keep adding to it. It never gets like last year. It was at 330, and I was like, "This is good. I'm going to chop away at that." Now it's 340. I've read dozens more books, but I just every time. <laughs> you go out in the world or have a conversation with people you get more uh, you're just filling a bucket with a hole in the bottom exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's absolutely yeah. yeah i yeah i have the same thing and i'm like i'm just going to accept that that's never going to get down to zero which <laughs> no, is i think a great problem happen. i guess yeah, to have true, like yeah. there's too many books out there to be read which but is nice did you... anybody read that chilling article it might have been less chilling to you because you're younger more chilling to those who's over 50 about it's basically a calculator of how many books you have time left oh, to read before it. you die. <laughs> it's like you plug in, you know, your age now. They estimate, like, what a person your age might live to be if you don't have a And then how many average books you read every year. And it's like, you only have time to read another Soon however. Soon that'll be on our Fitbits, right? I know. <laughs> Countdown clock. Yeah, yeah, that's terrifying. So now every book I look at, I'm thinking, do you think I've got time to fit down? Because <laughs> <laughs> people are going to keep writing new books oh, every man. year. That's a stressful thing to think about. It is a little stressful. Sorry about that. Let's oh, get no. back to... Uh, yeah, what are you recommending? Yeah, what are you recommending? What am I recommending? Oh, um, this is... I haven't got a clue really what the end was, but I really liked it. And I've recommended it to multiple people who have also really liked it. Um, it's The Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. So that's by Stuart Turton. Yeah, so this is actually his first book, uh, according to his bio. Uh, so he, I think he was like a British uh, journalist. I've never heard the name before. Okay. And then I just saw the book art, and I was like, oh, the cover art's really beautiful. And then mm, one of the girls in my book club picked it because she was in, she's kind of like into sort of, it's not a horror book, but she's kind of into that like genre, like all. Genre fiction. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it was already on my list, so it was like, and it was like my favorite book of last year, just in terms of like, I was like, oh my God, what is happening? I don't understand. Like, and like, by the end, you're like, I still don't really understand, but I liked it. Like, I I just, and you know, the concept is like you. Yeah, what's the premise of it? Like, I know I've picked it up and looked at it, but I can't remember now. Only yeah. the title sticks in my mind. So, so. it's, um, 
and I think in America, I think it's like seven. In Canada, it's the seven deaths of Evan Hart Castle, and then it's the seven and a half deaths in other countries where it's published because it's similar. We lose half. That's why we're confused. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's because it had like uh, with the half, it was too similar to another recent book Uh, in Canada that was published. I can't Uh, remember, but they changed the publishing title for America versus Canada. So if you see a different cover, it's the same book. Same book. Um, But the idea is like the it starts on. This man wakes up in the woods and he's got no recollection of who he is. Mm-hmm. And that's um, all that you can say. <laughs> no, no, uh, yeah, no, I'm just trying to word it in a way that I don't want to spoil things too much. Because it does get very confusing, but like in a, in a very interesting kind of way. Because he wakes up, he has no idea who he was. So he spends that day trying to figure out what is going on. And it turns out he's supposed to be learning something and solving the death of Evelyn Hardcastle, but he's only got that one day to do it, but he's got seven people to do it in. So he wakes up as this person oh. and he's like, I don't know who this guy is. Who am I? Concept. But then when he, he, when his day ends, he wakes up on the same day as a different person in the house oh. solving this, solving the death of Evelyn Hardcastle. So that's why he's got those seven deaths because uh-huh. she dies seven times because he goes through seven different people's oh. perspectives trying to figure out. And as you... So he wakes up in the first guy and has no idea who he is. By the second guy, he doesn't know who he was before that first guy. Right. But he remembers the first guy. So he remembers the previous. But he's also not the only one in the house trying to figure it out. Oh, this sounds fascinating. Yeah. So it was like, I was like, I don't know how you came up with, I don't know how you came up with the premise or like Mm. the idea of the book, but I was like, I don't know what's going on. This is so good. Like normally, you know, at the end, I'm like, okay, it ends in a way that I'm still confused, but I don't mind. Does okay. that make sense? Like, yeah. I'm like, I yeah, still don't really understand sense. the premise of all of this and how this is able to happen. Mm-hmm. But I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a bunch of books in the last few years, and this would be why the title of that one stuck with me, and the, the, the about people like living lives over again. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate Atkinson, Life After Life, which is mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite books. I adore that. And this woman just keeps born, being born in the same life, living it over and over, and having only a vague memory of why, you know, why she should avoid certain things or whatever to try to keep from dying. Um, First 15 Lives of Harry August. That sounds familiar. Same I've seen that one, I think. Basic yeah. concept. Mm-hmm. Not as good as Life After Life. Um, so I think that's probably why that one caught my attention, that it was like... And then there's this, Russian yeah. Doll on Netflix. Oh, my God. Oh, that. yeah. That's why I want to watch Russian Doll oh, for that reason. I so haven't good. seen it yet, but that's the same, the same. You're not going to want to stop. You're going to be like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, but it is that same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that fascinates me, that idea of yeah. just, just, you know, recycling the same thing over and over yeah. and trying to get it right. And, like, my favorite thing about this is that, like, as he goes into different people, he's like, I really didn't like being that person. I don't like having to be this person. This person sucks because he takes on some of their personality traits like and he can tell the way he responds to situations he's like oh that's this person is taking over who i am whoever i am oh another good book like that have you either read the young adult novel every day by david levithan no oh my goodness that's a that's it's a the, the main character is only known as a um they don't really have a name or separate identity, but they wake up every day in a different person's body, live that person's life for one day, and then at midnight they're dropped into a different person's yeah. consciousness. Ooh. And it's always within a close geographical area, and it's always someone about the same age as themselves. So at the time the story picks up, A is 16, and they've been living this for, for their whole life this way. But then... For this one day, A is in the body of this guy, I think his name is Jason or something, it's kind of a jock type and a bit of a jerk, um, and he falls in love with A's girlfriend, 
and has to try to figure out, is there a way to sustain a relationship when you are somebody different every day? Oh. And it, I mean, it's just, it's it's this really high concept, weird YA novel, but it also just gets at this really interesting stuff about how important, you know, we always say, oh, it's what's inside that matters and the externals mm-hmm. don't count. But every time this girl meets A, they're in a different gender, in a different body, different race, and then you start to think, oh, gosh, how much does that stuff actually matter, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I love that kind of high concept thing, so I've got to read the <laughs> Evelyn Hardcastle one now, and I have to watch Russian Doll. Yeah, um, the Evelyn Hardcastle book was our my book club's highest rated, like, collect, because we rate them collectively, and it oh, was really? our biggest, highest rated one of last year. Like, it oh, was, we were, like, collectively all like this oh, cool. is a great well, that's book a like yeah <laughs> yeah it we is. all loved it now we all have a bit of like we were worried like the girl who picked it was worried it was a little too much genre fiction but mm-hmm. it was everybody was like on board oh that's fantastic perfect yeah, yeah. <laughs> all thumbs up for the book club mm-hmm. do you both belong to book clubs i don't you don't no, no. and i don't oh, it seems like i always feel like everybody i know besides me belongs to a book club but do you find it good uh, stephanie for like finding books that you wouldn't otherwise yeah. read or yeah that would be there are lots of books that we've read, like Educated by Tara Westover. I never would have read that if it wasn't in a, a book club. club. Yeah. And uh, uh, Katie Rowe, it, it's <clears throat> my friend Katie Rowe at work. She, uh, um, this is the name of the book club, number one coolest, coolest book club is our <laughs> book great. club. So <laughs> they've had it for a few years and uh-huh. I've been in it for a little over two now, but mm-hmm. it's just because everybody has such different tastes and yes, it's so funny yeah. to see like, like they all loved Beartown. I hated Beartown. <laughs> I didn't like that book at all. I don't know yeah. why. I just, you know, yeah. I just really didn't yeah. like it. But it's still like I would not have read it. Yeah. Without the book club, and I'm like, well, now I know I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But there are books that I'm like, man, I really liked that, and I never would have picked that up on my own. So yeah. it is like, it is helpful in that way. Yeah. Not that I have well, any. How much time do you have to read the books? Usually a month. Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. I've gotten to visit a lot of book clubs as a writer and been staggered by how many book clubs there are just in the St. John's area. But it's it's always like you get to drop in on these people and it's like, oh, this is so cool. They had, some of them have been doing it for like 20 years, yeah. meeting mm-hmm. up and discussing yeah. books once a month. And yeah. just, so It was always one of my dreams to be part of a book club and then I got invited and I was like, oh, oh God, that's I'm great. so excited. <laughs> <laughs> But we do talk an awful lot about things that aren't books. Yeah, inevitably. Yeah, well, naturally. And some of that spins yeah. off of talking about books, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. you start somewhere and it just takes you in a different place. Pretty much I just like to talk about books. It's cool. Like, yeah. yeah. Whether or not you like what I read is, you know, it's a whole other thing. Like, yeah. everybody's got their own tastes and yeah. whatever. Like, some people I know hate fiction. And I'm like, I don't have, I don't know how to talk to you. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to talk to you about books, but I respect your opinion. We like, have yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm just more of like a fiction person. Like, mm. that is my. I am too, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Although I try to make more of an effort <clears throat> to read nonfiction. Yeah. But yeah, what about you? More I read a lot of nonfiction. Do you? Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't mean I don't read fiction. But I, I, I don't know. I, I read. I read a lot of nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get a lot of ideas that way. Mm-hmm. I've made a lot Board of fiction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've made a lot of effort to try to read more nonfiction because I just felt like trying to look at things from other people's perspectives and be like, oh, well, this is this person's lived experience, and that yeah. was an ex- like that was something that I'll never experience. So that's good that yeah. I took that in because. And you truth know. is stranger than fiction. Yeah. It can True. be. Yeah. 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 There was a time when, kind of appropriate, as we were recording this, on Ash Wednesday, when I used to give up reading fiction for Lent, for like six weeks, I would only read nonfiction. Okay. And it was purely just to force myself to say, I know I should be reading more nonfiction. <laughs> Not that fiction is a sin that I need to give up or anything, <laughs> even if I believe in that. But just the idea that as a discipline, I would try to, all the nonfiction books that I've mm-hmm. been putting off and kind of piling up and saying, no, I'll read this fun novel instead. Yeah. Dive in. I haven't done that the last few years, but I did that for probably ten years. I oh wow! Only, uh, 
six weeks every spring I'd only read nonfiction, nonfiction. and again of course I came across a lot of books that I w- either wouldn't have heard of mm-hmm. before or I wouldn't have made time to read before because I was always prioritizing yeah. fiction I think yeah. what I might try to do is do like three fiction one nonfiction like try to keep track and just be like okay you need you've read a bunch of fiction books you need to like just just to be aware of it because yeah. I find it's really like you know yeah, it's just about trying to learn other people's perspectives yeah. and, like, mm-hmm. try to, like, widen your own horizons and, like, the way you think of the world is not the end-all, be-all, end-all, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But Of course, that's what good fiction does, too, True. I think, also gives you, you know, different perspectives and other, other mm-hmm. you know, places and people and times. One thing I've discovered lately is that while I can't listen to fiction audiobooks because my mind wanders, I'll be like, oh, I missed a huge plot point. I can listen to nonfiction mm-hmm. as an audiobook. So that's like, oh, okay. that just opened up a whole other channel in my brain. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I find I'm not able to do audiobooks either, but I haven't tried a nonfiction audiobook. Yeah. So maybe well, and I didn't yeah. think I could listen to audiobooks at all. And then I was like, well, I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's basically just people it's talking. Would it be that different? And then I tried a couple of audiobooks. I thought, oh, this works well for my brain. So <laughs> anything that allows me to get more book content yeah. into my life is a good thing. Cram it in there. Yeah, in cram anyway. it in there. Yeah. yeah, my son has a learned disability around text, so mm-hmm. he doesn't read a lot, which is like our house is held up by books. <laughs> so it's a bit weird, but uh, he's recently started to listen to nonfiction mm-hmm. uh, audiobooks, mm-hmm. and it's working. Oh, that's great. So good. yeah, I hope. Yeah, well, I really hate snobbery around books, whether yeah. it's audiobooks or ebooks or whatever. Oh, that's not real books. You know, yes, you know, it is real books. I don't care how you're getting it yeah, delivered. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. still getting downloaded to your brain, and it's all yeah. good. Then, yeah. like, there are people who are, like, real, like, I'm, 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 like, snobbery for me in any regard. I'm like, oh, God, like, who cares? Like, like the whole thing about like oh I judge anybody who's reading a book with the movie cover on the front I'm like why who cares yeah really what does it matter maybe that's all that that store had what do you know you are literally judging a book by (laughs) yeah exactly and not even the book but the reader (laughs) yeah I'm just like who cares it's fine leave people like like it's the the concept of a guilty pleasure for example I hate that I'm like why should I feel guilty why I like it leave me alone like what I was gonna actually this isn't in the questions I had I had given you guys or anything but I was for some reason thinking about that the idea of like people who say, well, such and such type of book is my guilty pleasure. Like, how do you why, respond yeah. to that? Like, I, I'm i like, why do you feel bad? Like, I read, like, why young adult YA novels all the time because, like, some of, the, some of them are really deadly. Like, yeah. some of them are really interesting. Like, yeah. And people are like, oh, it's, like, my guilty pleasure. I was like, why? If that's what you like yeah, to read, it's just then what pleasure. does it matter? It's just like, pleasure. Yeah. Read, read everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. like, read it. Like, I, like, I, listen. I read the Fifty Shades of Grey books because I was like, I want to know what I the hell. I want to know. <laughs> that would not have been a pleasure for me, guilty or otherwise. But yeah, no, it was. It was not. I was like, I just need to know what everybody's talking about. And yeah. I was like, this is a reluctant. And I was like, oh god, I could have read anything else, but I read them because I was like, what is going on? Why is everybody freaking out? And I read them, and I was like, man, I was like, I didn't like it. I don't recommend it. They are what they are. They're and like they are. They, they're very much yeah. not. This is it's glorified pornography essentially, right? Like it's badly you know, written. yeah, badly. Oh, written. it's I think not it's the even thing. It's not the, uh, the oh, sex. Yeah, it's the bad it, lit, that bad is bad that is what gets yeah. me. I'm like, oh, God, like I had to. At some point, I was take like, the risk of being a snob was badly. Written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, there were points where I literally had to put the book down and like leave the room. I was like, I can't. I did not just read that. What? <laughs> You know, people like that's their jam. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. You do your thing. Not for me, but you do. Yeah. You, well, it's you read what you Because I've had people, and even here on the podcast, you know, we're all talking about very sort of literary fiction, sort of thing, and they're very literary people. And then someone will be like, but I 
also love romance novels. <laughs> it's, it's almost, I don't think I've had anyone use the phrase guilty pleasure, but there's almost that feeling that certain types of books you have to apologize for liking, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I don't think you should. And it's a gendered thing. Oh, yeah. it's very much yeah. a gendered thing. I mean, yeah. nobody says, you know, oh, I also like John Grisham, or I yeah. also like thrillers, you know, <laughs> yeah. which are, you know. And it's, uh, it's that weird irony, too, because a lot of people are like, oh, my guilty pleasure is like romance by like Nicholas Sparks. And I'm like, that's written literally by a man. <laughs> what is like that weird, like irony of like a woman feeling bad for reading a romance novel versus the man writing the romance novel? Yeah, Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I, And it's a weird, I'm like, oh, who cares? But, yeah. you know, it is very much like, I don't know, women do get judged a lot more based on the books that they read. Oh, I think. for sure. Yeah. 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 Which but is funny given that women in general read and buy books so much more than men do. Yeah. You know? Weird dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to suggest an, a nonfiction book actually for oh, good. a yeah. book that I recommend, but I thought I can't talk about nonfiction. You can. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Have you ever read Michael Andachi's book about editing film? No, no. I didn't even know I had one. He wrote a book called. Um, the name Walter Murch is in the title. Walter Murch is a very well-known editor mm-hmm. uh, who did Star Wars and Apocalypse Now as as the film editor. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's called In Conversation with Walter Murch. Okay. And it is fantastic. Oh, wow. I had it's, never even heard of no. this. It's really yeah. good. If you like, and you like films. Yeah. I yeah. take it from all the posters here. Yeah. Yeah. So I think even a general reader, like we're editing all the time. Yes, yeah, so it's work, more of a, a specialist think, thing for yeah, you. Yeah, but I think even a generalist reader would really love it. It's really well written, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, because yeah. it's my going <laughs> And he's a fascinating character, Walter Murches. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I love that idea. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to have to read that one. That's, now, that's another book that I'm always talking about. <laughs> well, that's what I want to know. Or like one of the books yeah. you always try to get people yeah. to read. Any others? Any other recommendations that you would? I love Roddy Doyle. Oh, yeah. I love Roddy Doyle. I love his stupid conversations he puts on Facebook with the guys in the bar. Have you ever seen that? No, no, I haven't. So I think the, I've followed The picture's two pints of Guinness. Uh-huh. And they're just these conversations about current events. Uh-huh. It's just dialogue. And he's so funny. He's so good. He's very funny. So he wrote a book called The Dead Republic. And it's like, I go through books and say, read them. My husband reads them. I blend them around. And then they go. Like, mm-hmm. they're gone. They're out of the house. Yeah. But I keep, I've kept that one. I love it. Uh, it's really about... Uh, it's kind of about the IRA, I guess, in the Republic of Ireland. Mm-hmm. And it's also about John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I, I like to check stuff. that out. Yeah. What? Uh, you know, I, I, I just finished saying all about how I don't tolerate snobbery, really. <laughs> but... I always find it amazing when people haven't read the Harry Potter books. <laughs> Just as, like, generational thing, like, yeah. I get it. But, like, I really love them. I think it's, like, a, I love immersing myself in, like, a series. Mm, yeah. And so I always think, like, you know, if you need, like, it starts off so light and then it gets so different by the end. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, like, if you're looking for, like, a little, you know, escapism, mm-hmm. the Harry Potter books would be good. For sure. With my kids, yeah. yeah. One of my questions was if you could live in the world of a book... What world of a, like what book would you would you would you live in the world of the Harry Potter books? Would you want to go to Hogwarts? Mm, I think so. <laughs> I think I could do that. Yeah, if I weren't like a squib, because then <laughs> I would not have a good time. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it would have like there. You know, I think I would. Yeah, I think that would be okay. But uh, there, you know, a lot of. I'm sure I'd learn plenty of things about how that world works, but I yes. think it would be very, it's so different. What I have the, my, what I have the knowledge I have now of this world, 
hmm. going into that world? Or yeah, would I, I be you like, could. yeah, I think you could, you could, could go be like, like Hermione, where she like grew up in a yes, yeah, in a household. household. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. I think I'd do that. <laughs> I think I'd do that. Move between both worlds. Yeah, I don't think I don't understand how it would exist on its own, but like that's the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I would. I think I'd do that. Yeah, man. <laughs> I I don't know about Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to read it, and I think my kids were in French school, so I read it in French. Oh wow! So it didn't it didn't take mm-hmm. as well. It might not have, yeah, right? Um, I think I'd like to live in a world that has a little more magic in it. Yeah, yeah. So what would you pick? Uh, so I'm reading this book right now by Helen Oriemi. Oriemi. How do you say her name? Hold on a second. I've got it written down. This is the other reason I wrote things down. Oyemi. Boy, okay. Snow, and Bird, it's called. Oh, I've seen that advertised, but I haven't, have, I don't know really anything lovely. about it. Uh, so you might have picked up that I have several books on the go at all the yep. time. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it's that. It's really uh, just the way the magic is sort of, the supernatural elements are mixed in very subtly. Mm-hmm. And there's like a kind of mirroring of this parallel world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's intriguing. Oh, that's nice. I love that. I love books that, mm-hmm. that, we were talking about this on the last podcast, books that are basically set in the real world, but they have these little small elements or tweaks of, of magic yeah. realism magic or world strange. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like The Golden Compass is kind of like that. It is a, a bit. bit. Yeah. yeah. Like where there's so like, long since I've read yeah. that. I only recent, I only read it as an adult, so it's pr- it's more fresh. Like I never read it as a child. Like mm-hmm. I read it as an adult because I was like, I haven't read those books. And I feel like it's a little more a little less like all submersive like there's mm-hmm. different ways into it but yeah. it's not all in the same world yeah anyway I mean, yeah that might be more for me than harry potter but i feel like that's a little more dangerous maybe i don't know <laughs> I'll, I'll i don't know when i'm finished yeah, yeah. okay thank you yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> sounds good i can't lie to you because you've got 45 books on your list <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not i'm not looking to a but every time i do one of these podcasts i always end up with more yeah. books to add to my list so you know it's like a yeah, happy problem still. It is. Like, it's a it good is, problem to have. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> difficult though. Yeah. What about books by local authors? Are there any that you're that are well you've already mentioned Gaff Topsels. Yeah. Are there any that are either, you know, longtime loves of yours or ones that you're currently really excited about? Um, I'm really looking forward I'm gonna wait till a chipper time of year maybe to read <laughs> um small game hunting at the local Howard yeah. Gun Club. Yes. Because yeah. I'm like, you know, if she's saying right off the bat that it's going to be a little hard to read, I'm going to wait till the sun is up and I <laughs> yes. go to Garden Park and read it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to wait till it's a little more, like, I love the like the cover art's beautiful. The way yes. she talks about it so passionately mm-hmm. is really, I'm like, oh, I'm really excited to read this. I'm just going to wait. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm looking forward to it, but I can't do it. It's March. I can't do it. Yeah, so it might be a little too bleak for this yeah, time of year when everything else too, is so bleak. It's a little too real about yeah. St. John's. When it's literally set at a day in February in St. John's, I can't do it on a day in February. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I need to have a little bit of, like, okay, at least I can go outside in the sunshine and take my dog to the park. It's fine. That's, yeah, no, I agree. I haven't read it yet either, and I picked it up and read the first page, and I was cold just reading the first oh, page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, she's such a great writer. Oh, right she's yeah. so yeah. evocative. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I yeah, think that's the book that everybody is talking mm-hmm. about, kind of for this yeah. this year and this season. I'm looking forward to that one. And uh, have you read something for everyone? Yeah. Lisa yes. Yes. Oh yes, yes. yes. I so loved it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. Some great stories in that. My yeah. San- the Santa one is my favorite one. Is it? It's yeah. The, I just thought it, I was like, this is bizarro, and I love it. Like, and it's so <laughs> short, yeah. but I was like, this. And again, it's it's yeah. a story that does that thing of of you know the the ordinary world and then the extraordinary yes. kind of coming literally crashing in on it. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that was my favorite in that book. I think was just because it was very very real St. John's, but with this element of like. 
whoops. And like, your Santa, Santa saves the day. Like, I love yeah. it. I was oh, like, this is so deadly. great. Yeah, it's like a hard look at like the realities of St. John's, like, but yeah. also. It's so harsh Santa. and gritty and then so fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Literally, the reindeer crash into the Avalon Mall. Yeah. Like, smashed. So I loved it. Yeah, it was was that the Sex in the Shoe store story? Was no. That no, it's no, it's a different one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, because that was in the Avalon Mall. Yeah, Avalon Mall. Interesting. I heard her do a reading of that at Woody Point, and she brought the house down, <laughs> along with all the boxes of shoes. As the orgasm happened, that would be funny. And one of my so local books that I just loved—I just think it was a real masterpiece—was Sweetland. Oh, I love mm. Sweetland so much. Just beautifully. Yeah, beautiful that is the rare book that I finished reading and immediately went back to the beginning and reread because I just was like, now now I need to be back in it again, yes. knowing everything that I know now and re-immerse myself. I was also traveling at the time. I had a lot of time on my hands and it might have been the only book I had with me at that point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was that was fabulous. Yeah. It really is one of the, well, Sweetland and I think also Michael Crummy's books galore um, to me are the you know, if any book deserves the title of the great Newfoundland novel, they would both be big contenders mm -hmm. for it, for sure. Just and he's coming out with a new book. Did you know Is that? he? I did not know that. Hmm. I don't know how close he is, but I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but I've heard through the grapevine. Have you? That there's something oh. happening in Michael's study. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've heard. Keys are clattering, are they? No one knows anything. Ah. But there's been so some noises from in there. He's, he plays his cards very close to the chest, yes. writer-wise. Yes. He's not one of these people who gives out little tidbits of what he's working on or anything. No. Michael Crummy is, is one of the rare people I have not yet gotten on this podcast, ah. so maybe at some point I need to. You're listening to Michael. <laughs> no, we've already established Michael Crummy doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> I have had people confess, well, not their undying love for him, but, you know, confess obviously their adoration for his books, and also one very well-known local figure confessed that she's terrified of Michael Crummy, <laughs> which is hilarious because is he's, funny. you know, not a scary no. person, but yeah. I think it's just awe of his talent. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I really liked Kit's Law, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don Morrissey. Yeah. Which I read, like, a few years ago now, but I, I don't know. It just kind of stuck with me a little bit. I was like, man, like, this very, it's a, to me, it is a very, like, specifically local book, mm -hmm. like, in terms of what happens in that book. But I just, yeah. you know, I really like that one. Lots of energy in her reading. Yeah. 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 And, like, it's, that's who, how she is, right? Like, yeah. so, she, oh, yeah. she writes how she, and I she love that. She writes how she is. Yeah, yeah, I love that when you, like, read a book and you're like, oh, no, the other's like, and you're like, okay. That's, yeah. that's pretty much it's it. Straightforward. Yeah, yeah deadly. Like, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I really like that one. See, this is the thing where I'm like, I don't remember anything. <laughs> it's all a blur. <laughs> Well, in your notes, Angela, yes. are there any books that we haven't touched on yet or any, anything you wanted to talk about oh, that we haven't hit on all yet? All the Light I Cannot See. Oh, um, yes. I, I don't know if it's because I'm writing a book set in World War II, but that book is really present in my mm, yeah. in my mind. Mm -hmm. So beautifully done. Oh, it such is. Puzzle, it is so beautiful. Such a yeah. beautiful. The visuals were beautiful and, and kind of fantastical. Oh, yes, yeah. totally fantastical. You know, yeah. fantasy elements. Yeah. But That's a real light touch. Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautifully written. Mm. Yeah. It's World War Two is like you I think with in writing a book set in World War Two, you're 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 hitting one of those cultural moments because there's a lot mm -hmm. of books out right now yeah, set in, in the it's Second kind of World terrifying. War. <laughs> But it's such a, I guess it's such Two a Two years ago, field. no one was writing about World War II. Uh, no, I know, I know. Everyone is. 
faster. <laughs> I haven't read Michael Ondaatje's book because I'm afraid. Yeah, so, I have. I have that yeah. again. It's on the to read list. <laughs> I actually have a copy of that on my e-reader, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's just so many. But I mean, there's so many yeah. different stories to tell out of that uh, out of that whole world. Mm-hmm. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think. I feel like I made a a note of a book that I was. The other one I thought of, uh, you know, just talking about books that are really stick with you is mm-hmm. um, Donna Tartt's Goldfinch. Oh, yeah. Which I resisted for a long time for some reason. I don't know why, but... I haven't read that either. I do that thing yeah, where I resist reading books that people get really, like, yeah, feels... It was, yeah, worth it, man. it's yeah. worth it. It's a deep dive. It's a big book. But it's fantastic. And goes places you'd never imagine from a painting. The fact that it was a oh, yeah. painting, you know? Yeah. I haven't read The Goldfinch, and it's because... Everybody but me loves the secret history. Okay, so I have heard that. And I actually shocked somebody on Twitter. I think it might have been Andrew Sampson, actually, (laughs) Um, by saying I didn't love the secret history. And Andrew, whoever it was, I was tweeting with was like what did you not love about it I'm like, it's years ago and i can't even remember i just remember just that i read this book around. it didn't leave a huge impact on me and then for the last however long ago that book was out 15 years whatever i've heard people raving about how fantastic and how amazing it is yeah and i'm like wow that, that didn't leave a big impact on me at all so if maybe i should reread it maybe i missed something but then you know life is so short and there's so many books am yeah. i really going to reread a book that the main thing i remember about it is that you that, didn't like it very much yeah, yeah. it didn't leave a very as much as you're like, oh, I'd like to give it a second chance. It's also like, well, I could just read something new. Yeah, maybe so many I love books, that. So little so, time. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. you know, there's great uh, settings in in the Goldfinch. That's yeah, what it, uh, that stuck with me from it. Like the the uh, museum in New York. What's the, the Frick? Okay, yeah. So I think it. I think it's set in the Frick, and there's uh-huh. an explosion, and someone steals a painting, and like you're inside all these places, antiques uh-huh. shops and workshops, oh, and inside like a abandoned house in Las Vegas. Like it's uh, really it does sound like a lot of the settings I like so ranges yeah. all over the place. But these the places are really realistically drawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh that's great. Mm. I am um, you on your Goodreads page? Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember like it's all just a blur. I read one recently called Melmoth. That, like, oh, I have. I was given Melmoth for Christmas. I haven't read it yet. Oh, but yeah. I read The Essex Serpent, which was. I didn't yeah. read that, but okay. it, so apparently the, the reviews are like people preferred The Essex Serpent, but I haven't read that one. Okay. But I read this one, and like the gist of it is I don't know. I can't. But it was very. It was well, a tough read. Tell us the gist. Yeah, it was a tough read in the sense that it was like very. I really didn't like a lot of the characters, but like it was a very strange book, and like. For me, it was more about, like, I can't imagine someone imagining this. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, my God. And, you like, were troubled? No, no. It wasn't like... <laughs> no, I just like, can't imagine, it? like, her creating this story for mm. me. And I, was, I just... It really stuck out What's for me. Melmoth? Melmoth. Melmoth. Yeah, and yeah. it's about, like, Melmoth is this sort of, like, being in time that, like, um, didn't believe Christ had come back or something. It was sentenced to like walk the earth in the dark and wait to find followers or something anyway. And so the idea is like, she'll 
she's like watching you from the dark and like when I was reading it my power went out for two hours I was like I'm sitting in the dark reading this book <laughs> and I was like she's definitely outside the window looking for me. Um, like I was like I genuinely need to put this book down because I'm actually super afraid that sounds a lot more fantastical than the Essex Serpent even though I think this is kind of not quite a sequel to it but in the same world of it or something I'm not sure I feel like or maybe it's just that it is the same I think that they're I think that they're not like they're not related. Okay. Is I, I think the idea there because I remember thinking, should I read the other one first? Uh, and the answer was no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll have to look that up because the Essex Serpent is like everybody thinks something supernatural is going on, but it seems to me that there's a very naturalistic, very mm-hmm. realistic explanation for it by the end of the book. Um, and Melmoth sounds very much like not that. Yeah. And yeah. the end is just like ugh. <laughs> yeah, but it is, and it is this thing where, like, you're not sure it sounds very supernatural until the end when you're like, was or was it all in everybody's heads? Yeah. Is yeah. the other thing. And I'm like, I don't know. I can't imagine, like, you know, I think I get creative ideas sometimes, and then I read something like that, and I'm like, ah, God. Like, <laughs> it's weird when you read a book, too, and you're like, but when you get to the end of it, like, what did I just read? Yeah. Um, did either of you read Bellevue Square? Mm-hmm. No. That had that impact on me. It was like, what an amazing ride this writer is taking me on. And then when I get out at the end, I'm like, I have no idea where I am. What just happened? Yeah, what just happened? Where am I? Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Like, I'm certain I'll never read Melmoth again, but, like, I'm glad I read it for that one time. Like, you know? Like, there are books that I love that I'll read over and over again, but, like, that would would not be one. But I did... It did kind of stick in my craw a little bit. Mm. Like, I was like, What? It's interesting, too, what you say about the power going out, which also kind of relates to the thing about Megan Gale Cole's book and reading it in winter. Mm. When you're reading a book and where you're at, both physically and in your life at the time that you're reading it, can have such yeah. an impact. Absolutely. Like, I've told this story on the podcast before, but um, there's a book called The Age of Miracles by Karen Thompson Walker, in which it's sort of weirdly dystopian in that the Earth's rotation starts slowing down very gradually for no apparent reason, and scientists can't figure out why. But it's kind of a you know it's kind of a metaphor for environmental devastation because you know first it's just a minor inconvenience as the days are slightly longer, yeah. and then everything starts going out of whack and like you know fruit can't grow anymore and that sort mm-hmm. of thing, and things get more and more gradually dystopian even while people are trying to pretend things are still normal so great metaphor for the times we're living in <laughs> and i read it during dark and l oh which was like the worst time to be reading anything dystopian so now you like, have a bomb shelter oh my, under your house yeah, I was like, oh my gosh we're so dependent on all our yeah. you know our systems and if everything started to fail we'd just be you know cooking beans over the fireplace like i am right now <laughs> yeah that's so funny because i think during that time i read um Margaret Atwood's Oryx and Crake books. Oh, yeah, that would have the same. And I was like, oh, God. Like, like, oh, God, no, what's happening now? You know what I mean? Like, just being like, oh, we've hit the peak. Yeah, yeah. You know, it it was just like, and that was like, it was the very realism that Atwoodian type. Yeah, it's so believable. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is for sure happening. (laughs) In general, do not recommend reading Dystopia during during a power outage. (laughs) Because you'll just be like, hmm. I die here now. Like, <laughs> this is where I freeze to death. Yeah. It's a good place, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> good. That's I know. Great yeah. place to wrap up the conversation. We die here now. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a wonderful conversation. I have loved hearing all the books okay. you've recommended. Thanks. I you always do, do a little blog post listing all the books that everyone has talked about oh, because cool. they go by too quickly when people are listening to the podcast. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That wraps up my conversation with Stephanie Tobin and Angela Antle of Local CBC and of the world of books as well. 
And as I said uh, during the podcast, of course, as always, you can go to my website, TrudyMorganCole.com, click on the Shelf Esteem logo, and you will be taken to a blog post that will list all the books that we read uh, and talked about in this episode. And I will be back in a couple more weeks with some more guests and lots more great books to talk about. Until then, read a good book and build your shelf esteem.